All right, welcome back to the big program. 10 o'clock, uh, our regular Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko. Unable to make it in today, not feeling 100 per. Uh, David Schlemko is powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, though. Our family helping your family for over 40 years. CougarCollision.com. When David is feeling a little bit better, he is also uh, at Northern Alberta Extreme Hockey Academy, where our next guest is, well, I mean, I don't know if running the show is is the proper terminology, but we welcome in Matt Tassoni, an old friend. Uh, Matt, welcome to Sports 1440. How's it going, big guy? Good, buddy. Good. Thanks for uh, having me on the air today. Uh, so Schlemmer actually lined this up with you, <laughs> and, then he, and then he bails. What do you think of that? I, well, at least he, uh, he kept me in the loop here this morning that uh, that you still underneath the weather. So, and then a day I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll keep doing it. And uh, he asked me, and looking forward to obviously uh, chatting with you. And uh, uh, I'm sure I'll uh, I'll get a little flack from you too, <laughs> like I uh, I usually do. Well, let's get the elephant uh, in the room out of the way here, right right off the hop. Um, so we kind of first met, I guess, at Oilers alumni skates, where you come out every once in a while. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And Correct. there, there was a, one of the jerseys went missing, <laughs> and we found it in your bag. Now, how? Like, yeah. I mean, was it? It was just a mistake. You weren't trying to, to pilfer the Oilers right. practice jersey, were you? No, I would never do that. I think that was uh, a Sean Bell and and Kevin little uh, prank that uh, uh, happened to me. But I remember uh, supposedly I have two or three hanging on in my closet at home. So. Oh, good stuff. Matt Tassoni's our guest on Sports 1440. All kidding aside, you've been at uh, NAX for how many years now? And what's that experience been like as you kind of, uh, you know, mold and shape these young players uh, in where, I guess, hockey's going, uh, a lot of it, uh, academy-wise? Yeah, you know what? Uh, eight years. So I kind of started on the, on the ground floor of uh, when NAX started. Uh, you know, to be honest, when I retired, I kind of... Um, position open up there and wanted to still uh, stay in hockey and you know for the love of the game and obviously you know get like-minded players to the next level too so um, you know I've, I've quite enjoyed it the last eight years and and obviously with uh, some of the talent and some of the players that we've had through our system um, it kind of just kind of drives you a little bit more to to, to keep coming back and, and keep doing it so um, you know obviously players like Dylan Gunther will have a good mm-hmm. shot with uh, with Arizona this year and Matt Savoy with with Buffalo and, and Zach Sopchuk with uh, with Ottawa to name a few, but you know there's there's quite a few guys. So it's great seeing them when you have them as a as a 12, 13 year old kid, and and they kind of stay in your program for a few years and go on to junior and, and now going on to, to playing the game that they love at at, at the highest level. So it's uh, it's pretty cool in that sense. So kind of describe to our listeners about the ages when the the players come in and you know how you play because you're not really in league turn it's it's tournament heavy so I, I guess what's the program and how does it all work kind of thing yeah you know what we we're uh u15 to, to u18 we, we have six teams total uh we have a first year bantam team uh u15 we have a second year u15 team uh we have two u17 teams blue and white and then we have a u18 male u18 female so um, you know these players are, are on the ice. Uh, you know, you know, four or five days a week. Um, you know, they get access to a lot of uh, a lot of things. Uh, Monday, Tuesdays are, are, are our skills days. So, um, you know, power skating, goalie coaches. We have Rob Brown, Jason Strudwick, Paul Manning, 
uh, Kane franchise. That guy is going to be uh, an NHL uh, skills coach uh, in, in the time coming. That guy is absolutely amazing on the ice with their athletes. But um, we just try to give a lot of, uh, you know, different uh, perspectives to our athletes and, and give them all the tools. So we'll have speakers come in, um, you know, to, to help them if it's, you know, through the college rankings, through the WHL rankings, um, helping to, to kind of choose their path as well. Um, you know, Barry Butt does our our uh, our strength conditioning. Uh, you know, four days a week, mm-hmm. so it, it's a pretty strenuous uh, uh, you know program. And, and obviously, the kids that are coming are, are pretty dedicated and, and driven kids, so um, they they quite enjoy it. Uh, we are a travel league, so obviously, I think the biggest names that people do know it's it's kind of Shattuck St. Mary's mm-hmm. and, and and Notre Dame. Obviously, with with the history that that program has, essentially. It's those types of academies, but now there's there's a league built uh, built around it. So uh, we are a little bit of a travel league. Uh, there's about eight uh, eight academies in BC, five in Alberta, uh, two two in Saskatchewan, and, and three in Manitoba. And we actually have a few in the states as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we only play games on weekends. Uh, obviously, the whole point of showcases is is to get as many scouts and and people uh, and teams kind of looking at our athletes and. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, the, the huge benefit is, you know, our athletes don't really have just Junior A hockey in Alberta or Dub. They have access to a lot of USHL teams watching them, uh, every Junior A league across Canada watching them as well as the Dub. So um, it's heavily scouted, and, and, you know, that's partially why people come as well. Uh, Matt Tassone is your guest on uh, Sports 1440. Uh just a quick uh, note from Oilers camp. Uh, Jason Greger reporting that Matthias Ekholm has a hip flexor and will not start camp. But hopefully uh, nothing serious there. But uh, that's what uh, Jason Greger is reporting. Hopefully we'll have Greger on maybe at the bottom half of the hour, depending on uh, what the um, availability is with uh, with Kenny Holland and things like that. Uh, uh, with Matt Tassoni, so... <sighs> You've seen the shift. So when you grew up, you were playing in St. Albert. You played all minor hockey, correct, right? You know, I played all minor hockey. My uh, Bantam midget years was actually in Fort Saskatchewan. Okay, Fort yeah. Saskatchewan. Yeah. So, so, I mean, compare the how this, like, everything has shifted, I guess, with a lot of, you know, it's it's a lot of money to go to all these academies, you know. The, the parents have to buck up. We all know that. But how has it kind of shifted, I guess, for developing players because a lot of these other players are shifting away from minor hockey programs. Yeah. And you know, nothing, I think in life, the best thing to have is options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these, these players now have options growing up and, and if they want to stay with their home associations, that's awesome too. There's a lot of guys that come out of, of playing there and, and are successful in that. So um, if, if you're somebody that, that wants to play in the academy or out and, and it's feasible for you, um, you know, you have options in that sense too. So, um, you know, it definitely has shifted in the sense of you know all our all our staff, all our coaches are full time. Mm-hmm. They're dedicated to these athletes. They're passionate. Um, they want to see every single one of them successful. Um, and I think that's where you see the mo- most growth. It's you know we have them every single day. Um, so tweaking things, adjusting things. If it's watching video, adjusting this. Um, we're able to, to, to be hands-on. So um, I think that's where the want is. I think, obviously, yeah. you know, it, the U.S. model, I think the uh, U.S. does such a good job when it comes to all their sports, they're passionate people, and 
when it comes to football, baseball, hockey. Now it's you know the facilities that they have down there and the programs they have down there is, is top notch. Yeah, yeah. I actually think yeah. I think Canada's a little behind okay. when it comes to sporting and and actually having and providing these these programs that that these athletes mm-hmm. that are you know are excited and, and want to do it you know opportunity to to grow. I, I remember, because uh, you mentioned Shattuck St. Mary's out of Minnesota, I remember um, uh, when I was doing uh, the Max Midget Hockey yep. Tournament in Calgary oh, a long time ago, you know, and, and Zach Parisi was, you know, basically the headliner of Shattuck St. Mary's back in the day, while well, Sidney Crosby went there too. Um, but Zach Parisi was probably one of the early guys and kind of got that program um, going uh, as we speak with Matt Tassoni from NAX. Uh, how, how do the kids work school and um, hockey together? Can you kind of describe that process? Yeah, you know what? We have an amazing uh, uh, academic director, uh, Paula Smith. She's awesome when it comes to the kids. Um, you know, she, She'll actually sit down with all our 116 athletes before the year starts, actually plan their... Uh, graduation plan until they're done in, uh, in grade 12, even if they're off the junior um, in grade 11. So um, there's a lot of care. There's a lot of want. Um, you know, it, it's 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 a, it's a team effort in the end of the day. So um, every time that we go on the road, we have a teacher with us, mm-hmm. and that's obviously to help facilitate days missed at school. Um, obviously, with our league, a lot of the games are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so really they're only missing Friday. Uh, Thursday might be a travel day, but um, you know, to be honest, it's our academic advisor is, is on top of it. Um, if kids need extra class time, we actually do have that throughout the week structured where, where kids can actually go to school and um, get the help that they need. We do have a tutor system as well. So mm-hmm. um, to be honest, as much as you know, people do come here for the hockey, there's a lot of kids that come here for the school side of things too. Um, you know, with, with having that extra help and, and um, you know, obviously everybody wishes to, to, to make the NHL and, and, uh, and grow up into a, an athlete that's going to make a lot of money. The reality is, it's, you know, you need your schooling. Um, you need to have uh, something to fall back on if, if that doesn't work out. And, and Paul is awesome for that and, and the group that we have there. How much is uh, Schlemmer helping out all these young defensemen? Man, I mean, the wisdom is just, to, you know, it's just, to, you know, you can't even measure it. No, you know, he's he's awesome. Um, you know, getting guys like that with, you know, the hockey experience. And, and obviously, I, I, I kind of grew up with Schlemmer, and, and Schlemmer was always that guy, to be honest. I think his mindset for the game is what got him to, to that level. Um, I think if every, anybody sees uh, sees him without a shirt on, uh, <laughs> shirt off, <laughs> they're like, how did this guy play in the NHL in that era? It's <laughs> it's one of those, but honestly, his his... You know his IQ of the game, and and uh, you know I remember last year we we ended up actually going to Dylan Gunther's first NHL game, mm-hmm. and and our whole staff ended up going, and I ended up watching this NHL game with with uh, with uh, Schlemmerkold beside me, and just mm-hmm. the stuff that was coming out of his mouth where he sees it before it's even happening. I'm just like that's that's why, and 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 he's helped a lot of guys, and obviously guys, uh, you know the kids love him, and. He's a very personal person and, and cares about it. So, uh, you know, he's worked wonders with RD and, and uh, obviously having having him in as one of our skilled coaches and coaches, is, we're lucky to have him as well. Yeah, if only we could get him in studio on his regular Wednesday shift. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's one day off. Yeah, 
Well, you know, how about take a Thursday off when you're not supposed to work? Um, uh, hey, Taz, thanks for doing this. Uh, and you're, you'll be going easy on, on an old guy at uh, Alumni Hockey, if, uh, if that uh, is I, I don't the case. know, not you. I feel like it's always fun to blow past you, and then I get the giggle all the way through. Wow. So, uh, no, I'm looking forward to those skates and, and seeing you on, on a regular basis, that's for sure. You're only 25 years younger. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you still it's not game seven of the Stanley Cup final out there every every alumni skate you know that right yeah no I just gotta boost up my confidence that's all it is <laughs> okay thanks Taz good luck at NAX this year hey thank you so much good time with you okay but uh, that's uh, Matt Tassoni from uh, Northern Alberta Extreme Hockey and uh, that's where David Schlemko kind of does a lot of work as well uh, when he is not here when he is here when he's not here, I guess. Um, uh, when we come back, we've got a couple of guests uh, still lined up. Uh, hopefully we can hook up with Jason Greger. He's just kind of wrapping up to Ken Holland, media availability. Also, uh, Derek Martin, coach GM of the Camros Kodiaks. But much more to come still on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Duke of Delbert, I, I take it that's not uh, two dozen roses. That's just a little bit faster eh, than a uh, little Shenandoah. Man, oh man, we're rocking and rolling today. Uh, hey, let's welcome in uh, Derek Martin from the Camrose Kodiaks, coach and GM. Uh, Derek, welcome to Sports 1440. Uh, so far, so good for the Kodiaks. Off to a good start this season. How have things been going for you? Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. We've got a, a good mix of young guys uh, that bring a lot of eagerness to the rink every day and some older guys that have done a really good job of leading that group and, and showing them the ropes and you know, so far so good. We're we're having some fun here. Um, last night, talk about last night's game against Brooks. Yeah, uh, we've talked uh, since the since our training camp broke back in August about embracing hard things and and committing to doing hard things. And you know, it doesn't get much harder than the defending national champs coming into your rank early on in the season. And and uh, I, I thought our guys did a really good job. It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't a sexy game by any means, but I thought our guys did a good job of buying in. We blocked a ton of shots. We got great goaltending, and, and Charlie Zolan was big when we needed him to be. And I thought as the game went on, we got better and better and, and more and more comfortable in the big moments and and uh, led to us being able to squeak out a win here in the third period. Uh, 3-1, correct? Yeah. Um, and, and again, you mentioned, uh, I mean, Brooks is and, and Spruce Grove, you know, for a long time, it's been neither Brooks or Spruce Grove uh, to win a national championship, uh, or sorry, a provincial championship in the uh, Alberta Junior League. So um, you must be happy with uh, that kind of result against a, a top-notch program so early in the season. Yeah, I, I, it's a testament to the group. I, I don't know. I don't even know how much credit uh, the coach gets to take. They they did so many little things well last night that. You know, we were proud of them. And, and Brooks is a, a fantastic hockey team, and it was a game that lived within the margins for you know, for the full 60 minutes. It could have went either way. We got a, a lucky break on a goal being called off in the third period that, you know, probably changes what that last five or six minutes looks like. But I, I thought it was a testament to the group. Uh, I think they could rest easy last night knowing that they earned it and, and got what they deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Martin, uh, Coach GM, the Camrose uh, Kodiaks joins us on Sports 1440. Um, um, Boris Revolka, a good friend of mine for a long time. We played against each other in the Saskatchewan Junior League in the mid-80s. So Boris and I go back a long, long time. So uh, what's it like to kind of sort of take over the program uh, that Boris has helped build for so many years in Camrose? Yeah, I've, I've, 
I've been really lucky as a as a coach over my time in Alberta to learn from some great people and you know like Fran Gow and mm-hmm. learning under Bram Stephen for four years in Spruce Grove and and uh, you know Serge Lachois who's now with the Oil Kings and I've been really, really fortunate and really blessed to work with some great people. And when the opportunity to apply for the job in Camrose came, I mean, it was a program growing up in Alberta you paid attention to and you knew what they were accomplishing in the in the early 2000s. And, and Boris was the, the head of that and, and built a program and a legacy here that we take a lot of pride and responsibility in making sure that we hold true to that legacy and that we can continue to build upon it because he's done a great job. And he's been a, a really supportive mentor so far in my brief time here in Camrose. Mm-hmm, for sure. So just touch on your team. Uh, what makes your team tick? Uh, talk about your returning players and how recruiting went and uh, in that uh, regard moving forward to the season. Yeah, well, we got. I got hired towards the end of April and probably started a little bit behind uh, what a lot of the teams were doing in the league, but I was fortunate. We had a lot of, you know, good relationships with advisors already and got to meet a lot of new ones as well. And so I, I think that the new class that we brought in this year, some of them were, were here prior to my time and they were really strong recruits. Uh, and then I thought we did a good job of adding to a to our young group with our 06s and we brought in some 05s that we think are going to have an immediate impact in the HHL and from a veteran standpoint, we've we've got a group of guys, and and you hope that to be the case that organically they take a step forward every year, coming back to the league that they're familiar with and a program and a city that they're familiar with. And I think they've just done a really good job. Some of them even more so than what I had expected from them of just being leaders and everydayers and and going out and embracing the grind of practice and and understanding that their job is a lot bigger than just putting skates on there. They're now responsible for the mentorship of the young players that we have in the room. So, you know, we, we've got an identity. We're not, uh, we're not a run and gun style hockey mm-hmm. team. We've, we've got to play a full 60 minutes to give ourselves an opportunity. And we've got to be hard to play at both ends of the rink and, you know, slowly, but surely I think the group has, has done a really good job of morphing into that and understanding what our identity is and, and owning it and running with it. Uh, Derek Martin's our guest, uh, head coach and GM of the Camrose Kodiaks. Uh, when we were talking about the game last night, you said Charlie Zolan uh, had a, a solid game. Uh, what about your goaltender here? From He's an American, correct? Uh, how did, how did yeah. that kind of come uh, come about? Yeah, Charlie's actually a veteran of the league. He, he played in Black Faults last year, and with the depth that they had at the position, it, it made Charlie available, and he was a, a guy that uh, I watched a few times on video, and something kept pulling me back towards him and we've got a really strong staff here it's it's uh, certainly not me but we've got a really strong staff and talked to our goalie coach Jamie McKegg and and Jamie was familiar with the player and and uh and so we we explored the opportunity for a trade with uh, the Bulldogs out in Blackfold and lucky enough to bring him in and he's a he, he's a young man that's super impressive he works hard in the gym he works hard on the ice he's a vocal leader and and but he leads by example just as much as what he's saying he backs it up um you're fam- very familiar with what it takes to um run a, a, a junior hockey franchise in the alberta junior league it's tough i mean so many teams uh, are up against it dollar wise um how are you finding that 
aspect to kind of make sure everything is in order on the ice, but you still have to make sure that everything is in order off the ice. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, you have to be budget conscious and you have to make sure that there's more revenue coming through the door than you're spending and, and leaving. But, you know, at the same time, we're really fortunate. We we play in a, a community that loves their hockey team and supports their hockey team and, and demands that their hockey team remains competitive. And so we've been really fortunate through the sponsorship dollars that we brought in through uh, some of our alumni uh, to be able to to make sure that you know we don't survive on a year to year basis, but we can survive through the long haul, and and that's a testament really to the city of Camrose and the people that live here. Uh, for sure. What's on the uh, Kodiak schedule? Kind of run us down uh, the next little bit. Uh, home games, things like that. Yeah, we got. Uh, it doesn't get any easier for us. We welcome in a, a real good hockey team in the Bonneville Pontiacs Friday night here at Encana Arena at seven o'clock p.m. Uh, so it'll be another good test for our group. And then uh, Saturday we make our way down to Calgary for the first of uh, a few trips down there over the next week with Showcase being down Thursday and Friday next week and then mm-hmm. the following Sunday there again. So looking forward to seeing what the Canucks have. Well, good stuff. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, good luck with the Kodiaks this year. We'll be watching down in Camrose. My pleasure. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Uh, that's uh, Camrose Kodiak's coach and GM Derek Martin. Uh, we're going to pump the brakes on a quick one here. I'm getting the gears from the big guy. Uh, he doesn't even know what's going on because he's been busy. But we're going to hook up with Jason Greger when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right. Welcome back to the big program. 1027 uh, in the capital region. Uh, kind of great, kind of cloudy out there, uh, but maybe a little bit better tomorrow. Uh, hey, we've got uh, Jason Greger just wrapped up the uh, Kenny Holland news conference uh, on the line from uh, Rogers. Greg, so thanks for jumping on here today. Um, so what kind of was the message uh, from uh, the GM and players that you've got this morning? Well, I guess the, the big news, first of all, is that <clears throat> Ekholm will be on the ice to start camp. He's got like a, a tight hip flexor or something. Doesn't sound like it's serious, but he's going to miss the first bit of uh, training camp, which which makes sense. You're a veteran like Ekholm, you know, and you've got any sort of tweak. Mm-hmm. There's really no need to try to push through it early in the season. Obviously, uh, Sam Gagne uh, won't be playing any ga- any preseason games. Um, Connor Brown's probably going to be limited in the preseason games that he's played, and that's more. I think they're just you know they just want to be a little bit cautious there. It's been almost a full calendar year though for him. And, uh, coming off of surgery. And then, you know, today with the goaltenders so far, we'll speak with Ekholm and Kane here coming up in a bit. But, you know, Campbell and, and, and Skinner, uh, for different reasons, are excited about the season. You know, Campbell just wants to, to bounce back. He, he uh, you know, he's, he's looked at the previous years of his career, he said, and felt like he, you know, he's obviously feels he can play in the league, feels he can play much better than he did last year, and consider new team, new equipment. Like, he had a lot going on last year for him, and so he feels better. Skinner just wants to build on where he was last year as a young guy. It feels that, you know, he's a lot more comfortable. He has a book on players, admitted, though, that the players might have a book on him. So he, he just wants to come in, and both of them, uh, they have a great relationship, they said. Uh, it just comes down to wanting to compete every day and push each other to be to be better. And so, you know, which is probably a good thing because, you know, the numbers will tell us that if you have a starting goalie play 60 games in the regular season, unless it's Vasilevsky, chances of winning the Cup are pretty low. Did you get the feeling from when you were speaking with Jack Campbell that he feels, uh, you know, refreshed that a, a new start is right around the corner for him and he can take advantage of that? Yeah, he talked about how, you know what, he's 
he's obviously been pretty hard on himself a lot of the time, and he's working on maybe not getting so frustrated or down on himself. If a goal goes in, he doesn't have to blame himself for every one. So, you know what, he, hey, it's the first day of camp. Everyone's mm-hmm. excited, right? So, you know, he looked uh, like uh, he was extremely excited to be back. Uh, and he grew out his hair over the summer, so, you know, it's got a little bit of surfer look going. So maybe uh, maybe the, the flow will, uh, will give him a little bit more confidence. We'll see. And we were kind of following your reports on uh, social media with Stuart Skinner kind of saying that, you know, He's a little more popular, I guess you could say now than he was a year ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he kind of yeah. He was asked about just you know what? Hey, he's obviously he's from Edmonton. His family's from Edmonton, but you know when you when you're playing junior, you know people know who you are, and maybe when you play one NHL game, but suddenly when you know you're the starting goaltender of the Edmonton Orders, and you know you're have a nine fourteen save percentage, mm-hmm. and you're just starting goalie every night in the playoffs. You know everybody knows who you are, and so and he says also it's kind of good like social media, you know. Maybe his wife will post a picture about uh, their son's eight-month birthday, and then everybody knows it. So when he goes out, people are like, hey, congratulations on your son. So he likes that. He says it's, it's a little bit different. More people know him. But he, uh, he really – Stuart Skinner, and you've talked to him, Kevin. Yeah. He, he's, he's a real old soul, and, and I mean that in a, in a complimentary way. Like I remember yeah. like Darnell Nurse and Zach Hyman and them were just like, geez, he's more mature than some of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's sure. – uh, He's the youngest of nine, but I think that his parents and, and his family, they've, they've got his uh, head squarely on his shoulders, and I don't think the uh, the fame's really going to get to him at all. Yeah, for sure. Jason Greger, host of the Jason Greger Show here at 2 to 6 on Sports 1440. He's our guest uh, down at training camp, day one, just uh, fitness testing, medicals. Uh, a couple of texts coming in. Also, I've got an email to me at uh, Kevin and sports1440.ca uh, uh, this one for you Greg so is the public able to attend Oilers training camp on the 23rd yes the, uh, here I'll get the exact time because I've got the uh, I've got a sheet and maybe a little on the people. on the Saturday to the 22nd I believe yeah I'm looking I'm looking at the uh, the okay. sheet right now and uh, sorry about the live radio no worries yeah. sheet, but I put the, you on the spot but yeah uh, open to fans is Saturday from uh, group one is 10 a.m. And then uh, there's a scrimmage at 11, and then group two is at 12.05. So, yeah, Saturday is the one day, not Sunday. For Saturday sure. yeah. is basically it'll open from 10, basically until 1 o'clock is what it looks like. Yeah, and that ties in with the Oil Kings and everything like that, sort yeah. of uh, everything like yeah, that. Yeah, because they, they have their home opener on uh, yes, Saturday night. exactly. So um, Ken Holland spoke after uh, and just kind of finished a um, – what was the kind of uh, a message that he kind of wanted to send? I know a lot of people were probably asking about his future. Uh, what could you kind of say what he said uh, today? Ah, he's, you know what, uh, he's been around so long. Yeah. He, and, and, and I believe when he says he's not really too worried about it, right? Like, I, you know what, I, I think if the orders win the Stanley Cup, it's, I would say it's almost a guarantee that he just rides mm-hmm. off in the sunset. Um, and even if they don't, you know, we'll see where he wants to go, right? Um, you know, at his age, he's had an incredibly successful career. Um, obviously, he still says he's got a lot of juice left. He's got a lot of fire. Feels in a really good situation to compete. But he says uh, right now his focus is on just making the team as good as they can be, and the other stuff will work itself out. So I don't. Th- I think it's honestly, Kevin. It'll probably mm-hmm. come to a decision at the end of the season. You know, we know that you know a lot of people thought, oh, maybe he'd stick around and you know and, and hand it off to Steve Stales. But uh, Steve Stales, I think ultimately is going to end up in, in Ottawa. Nothing official. I, I think they're probably waiting. There. Like, who knows if there's going to be uh, any, anything you know, from Ottawa's compensation. I have no idea. Or maybe they're waiting for the official ownership change, which might happen as early as Friday. 
So, but uh, stay, Steve Stales, I don't think is going to is going to. Well, he's not mm-hmm. really part of the organization. Yep. You know, he's still kind of the organization. It's a weird situation, but for sure. Um, so, I, I still, you know what? I, I think Ken might go on a on a year by year basis mm-hmm. uh, if if they agree to do that. Like it is still when you think about next summer and the following summer. Those are two massively important summers when it comes to contract negotiation yeah. with your two superstar players. And do you want? an inexperienced GM running those, running those conversations. I think it's, you know, maybe you do now. And someone might say, well, it's not that difficult, Greg. You're going to pay a, a dry sidle, uh, basically what Matthews gets paid or right around it. And Connor will get a raise. Like, and I would agree with that. I don't, I don't think it's like a, a massively difficult one, but like in any negotiation, if you're a GM, you're, you're going to try to save a little bit, right? As much mm-hmm. as you can in a cap world. You don't want to just give them everything they want. So you probably want someone with experience negotiating those type of contracts. And, and plus, you have the Jeff Jackson ace in a hole, right? So yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know that should help. Although that's he's not his agent now. He was yeah. right, but now he's the guy that's that's on the other side of it. So you know that's a that's a unique one. I, I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of respect there. But at the same time, it's now Jeff Jackson works for the orders, and he wants to, you know, he, he doesn't benefit anymore. He doesn't want Connor McDavid to get as much money as possible. You know what I mean? Although I, don't, I still don't think that contract would yeah. be that difficult to sign, to be honest. And if they look at the cap, you know, uh, whether the orders have won. I, I honestly think, Kevin, yeah. if the orders, let's say, lose in the conference final, you know, like Vegas did, they lost three in a row before they finally won the cup. And maybe that's Edmonton. So if you know if they've been knocking on the door every year, then maybe he's willing to take a half a, a mil less yeah. in cap space because he knows that that can help sign someone else. But if they've won, then they, although if they've won, then maybe the uh, the motivation is even be, more to win again. So yeah. who knows? It could go both ways, and I mean we have to wait to see how things play out for sure. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more for you, Grace. Because I you know you got to get back there. But so with one of your uh, posts just talking about uh, Philip Broberg getting a lot more of a, a look not a look I mean we know what he can do but he's going to see more I guess reps that's what Kenny Holland said with uh, Matias Echo oh. yeah I think just reps on the left side right because okay. he was asked and I, I probably should have put that can't put every word in but because yeah. he was asked about him playing the right side he just said he's going to get a lot of reps on the left side with Ekholm out to start mm-hmm. camp anyway, right? And so, you know, Broberg can play both sides. I've talked to him many times. He's comfortable. You know, the numbers will back it up. He's pretty comfortable playing left or right. He's done it for many years. Um, now, the numbers will also tell you that the vast majority of defensemen are slightly better mm-hmm. on their natural side. Some are way better on their natural side. And so, you know, that it's a, it's a good problem to have that where you look and say, hey, you can't just gift Philip Broberg ice time. Right, that's a good problem. That's what competitive teams do. Gone are the days where this organization would just, oh, are you a young player? Oh, here you go. You can get all the ice time, and who cares? Well, that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You got to earn your ice time, regardless of where you were drafted or anything else. And I think that's that's what competitive, successful teams have. Um, and do you know what the schedule kind of looks like tomorrow? How things will break down after they have all the fitness testing and medicals today? Yeah, so tomorrow the uh, practices uh, start at, uh, and this is close to the public, but yeah. it starts, there's a, one group's at 9.30 till 11, and then the next group's from noon until uh, 1.30. Perfect. And then so. that's same, same as on uh, Friday, and then Saturday's open to the public, and then Sunday, of course, is their uh, game against the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. uh, at home, and then uh, they play the, uh, the, some guys will fly to Winnipeg for the uh, the game on Monday. So when the preseason begins, the order's got what? They've got, <laughs> got five games this week, I think. Yeah, there's a, it's a jam schedule. That's why, I mean, what did you say, 57 players in camp? 
Uh, yeah, well, there was 30. And Adam Minus, Ernie wasn't listed on that yeah. roster, but uh, he's obviously here. Ekholm isn't skating. So there's like 18 available defensemen, 30 forwards that are available because I, mm-hmm. I don't include Sam Gagne as available to play. So, yeah, they have lots of guys that will, uh, will get in. And, uh, you know, I talked to Jay Woodcroft yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, he feels as a coach, when you've got that many players – from Derek Ryan, Yanmark, Kajula, Sutter, Peterson, you know, go down the list, Brad Malone and others, I don't uh, Ernie, that you want to give them enough games in the preseason so they can mm-hmm. say they got a fair shot to win some of those jobs. And, and like, obviously, Yanmark and Ryan, I think, are the favorites. No question to get two of those spots. But the other one, Raphael Lavoie, is the other name yeah. I forgot. So throw those guys in there. And I think you, I would expect to see, you know, quite a few of those guys playing uh, lots of uh, preseason games early. Yeah, just a comment on this uh, from what was said last night when we were at the golf uh, after supper and everything like that. Uh, um, Jay Woodcroft and Kenny Holland spoke, Jeff Jackson. Um, but the one thing that stood out for me, what, what Jay said just to the media, and this in my mind has a, a very much so it reads into a link of what happened in Columbus. Uh, Jay Woodcroft mentioned players first, and he said that a few times, players first. Um, so I kind of get the feeling that that's he wants to make sure that he gets that out there. That that's how he feels about his team. Yeah, well, I think Woodcroft. Um, you know, like I've never heard anything. Uh, you know, remotely, he doesn't have a pass like Mike Babcock. Mm-hmm. Not even close. So very few do. Let's be honest. But um, you know what? Uh, you know, Jay Woodcroft. When you look at it, I, I under, uh, my understanding is um, that he's kind of got two messages for his team. Uh, for your kind of what they go into. Number one is take care of your day. You know, he's a big kind of philosophical guy. What that means is, you know what, if it's a practice day, if it's a game day, it's a rest day, you're doing your best Mm -hmm. to ensure that you're maximizing that day for you as an individual. Maybe you need rest, so then you're resting properly, right? You're not doing whatever to counter that. And if it's game day, obviously, then you're ready. If it's practice, you're going to put forth your best day in practice, right? And then uh, the other one was just they wanted team unity, to be together and be focused on the main goal. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be for them. He doesn't, you know, like I, I look at the orders. We, we know on the ice there's certain things they can improve on, no question. Um, you know, they, they want a better start on their penalty kill. I, I did a deep dive in their yeah. penalty kill. It'll come out tomorrow. But, like, okay. the first 15 games of the season on their penalty kill was so bad that it kind of skewed the remaining 67, right? The other 67 games, not bad. The final 40 games, really good on the penalty kill. So, but uh, in a season, if you start really bad on one of your special teams, it's, you know, or really good, mm-hmm. then it can kind of mask it too, right? Like if you have a sick penalty kill for 20 games, even if your penalty kill is crap, people will look at the overall average and say, oh, it's not being bad, even though if it's uh, being in the, uh, in the tank for a bit. So I think the penalty kill is obviously a big one. It's just a good start. Like the orders, what are they, 10 and 10? Mm-hmm. Their first 20 games last year, they got to be much better than that. For sure. Yeah, and you'll have some uh, sound uh, from this morning on your show too? Yeah, yeah, we will have it for sure. Okay. Thanks for doing this, uh, and uh, we'll uh, check in with you at 2 o'clock here in Sports 1440. Okay, thanks, buddy. All right, that's Jason Greger down at Oilers training camp. Day number one today. Um, I think everyone's pretty excited, Duke, when you think about it. Um, It's been, uh, you know, an intriguing offseason in the sense where, you know, and everyone's been talking about it for months, about how Connor McDavid and everyone else is – you know, it's all business, and, you know, they they were just heartbroken of what happened last year in the loss to Vegas where, you know, two, three lapses in a series in, in certain par- parts of games cost them the series. 
first, second year in a row, they see the team that knocked them out win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it just goes to show the margin for error in, in the NHL is, is obviously very small. The teams are good, and especially as you get into the playoffs and into the second round of the playoffs. And I think a couple of years ago, Oilers fans saw that, you know, we you they were outmatched by the Avalanche. That was a yeah. rocket ship of a team. And, and nothing against Vegas last year, per se, because they obviously were great. They won the Stanley Cup. But I think the Oilers fans and the team going into last season compared to the one prior had higher aspirations of getting back to that same level of a conference final, maybe getting over that hump and then moving on to a Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2006. So like you said, disappointment, that can be a great motivator. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I think we'll see that on the ice here for the Oilers right off the hop. Text line uh, 1833401440 if you've got a question comment about uh, training camp getting really underway tomorrow after fitness testing and medicals and you know those guys they always say they hate that vo2 machine because it's just you know your lungs are burning your legs are burning and you know it's almost like you kind of go did i do enough in the off season did i do did was have i been skating enough you know did i run enough did i do anything you know did i lift enough and then you know you see those results and you know they all get posted you know, the media might not see them, but, it, you know, all, everyone on the team knows exactly what where everyone is. So and have you ever done one of those VO2 things? No, I haven't. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. <laughs> if you've ever, like, I've done tons of different fitness testing, you know, a 12-minute run, the beep test, all these things. But I don't think any of them compared to this VO2 max uh, uh, testing, <laughs> which, I, I mean, I've never been in a position where I've even been close to, like, a high enough level of uh, a sport or anything to need to do it, I guess, to measure anything. Have, have you ever done one? No. I mean, years ago I, when I was running to get ready for stuff, I remember some guy asked me, where are you running to, the bar and back? <laughs> you know, like, let's be, let's get serious here. No, not a chance. Uh, texter, this is from Scoots, came in a little while ago, um, and he's talking, while well, we talked a little bit about the humble Broncos, he goes, uh, holy, yeah, Kevin, uh, Bernie was my coach in 1985. We're talking about Bernie Lynch. Uh, thought he was a little off, but not that off, and that comes from the ring. Then he said, uh, small world, uh, Kevin, uh, Boris, Rebolka, and I were teammates in Humboldt that year. Um long time ago Boris was a really good uh, Boris Rebalka uh you know I let's see 20 uh, 25 years or so I guess in in Camrose had some great teams with the Kodiaks uh um developed and and shaped uh, so many players uh, but Boris was a pretty tough uh hockey player back in in his day when he was playing in the Saskatchewan uh, Junior League um we never really touched on the Blue Jays. We might as well talk a little bit about the Blue Jays, Duke. Uh, big win over the Yankees. Well, everyone beats the Yankees. They just beat the Yankees for fun. Uh, 7-1 last night. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, what, first home run since uh, Pierre Elliott was pr- prime minister? I don't know, man. <laughs> that guy's just whatever. So anyway, the Blue Jays are a game ahead of both Seattle and Texas. And you know what? Um Houston is only a game ahead of both those teams in the division. So, and we touched on it yesterday. Seattle and Texas, I believe, play each other seven times in the final dozen games here or so. Um, Well, down to 11, I guess. But, so those two teams are going to pound each other. I mean, I'd be shocked, just stunned if the Blue Jays don't get in to a a wild card spot. But um, the other thing, the other option, when we had Mike Wilner on uh, the other day, Baltimore is 
95 and 56. So just ahead of Tampa Bay uh, for the American League East, that could flip-flop yet. Baltimore could move down in a wild-card spot. Um, Tampa would have to go on a bit of a run here. Um, Baltimore's lost four in a row. But there's a chance that the Blue Jays could play Baltimore in the first round if they get in. And I think that, I mean, when you look at the schedule, they, they I mean, it, they got to get in. It's just there. Um, the other thing last night that, and I was watching uh, some highlights when I got home from the golf, Ronald Acuna Jr. 39 homers now. Um, so he had two home runs and a stolen base yesterday. So he's got 39 home runs, 67 stolen bases. No player in Major League history has recorded a 40 homer and 70 stolen base season. Um, this is as good of a year. I mean, this is this is Shohei Otani kind of territory as far as when you're talking MVP. There was a time, I think maybe about a month ago, when Mookie Betts and maybe Freddie Freeman were pushing Acuna uh, a little bit for NL MVP, but it's not even close now. I mean, he's going to hit 40 home runs and he's going to have 70 bags. Like if you're playing fantasy baseball, it's he is head and shoulders ahead of the number two player. Head and shoulders. It's not even close. Don't even know how many runs he has. He's probably got, uh, but, I mean, just a fabulous season for Ronald Acuna Jr. Fabulous. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm just punching it up. Uh, 138 runs. 138 that's crazy. So he's batting 338, 39 dingers. He's got 100 R- RBI. We, we'd never see, like back in the day when Jose Canseco went 40 40, everyone was saying, this is amazing. And now you're adding another 30 bags to this. It's just crazy. Um, he's fun to watch, isn't he? Like you said, he's, he's the most exciting player in baseball. He's uh, a, the runaway MVP. Um, and he makes the game look easy in a lot of ways, uh, not just at the plate. But like you said, running the bases, he's a he's a good fielder too. So it's uh, the Braves, and I know we've had a couple different baseball guests on uh, over the past uh, couple weeks. Not they, they don't seem to be sold on the Braves as the outright favorites for the World Series. You know, the Dodgers have come on really well, and I, I can't pick a team out of the American League that I think could beat them. I mean, the Phillies have played well in the back half of the season. Uh, the, the, their biggest test is going to come mm-hmm. out of their own league yeah. uh, on the NL side of things, barring some sort of uh, miracle performance, say, uh, say from a team like Baltimore or, <laughs> or, um, or one of these West teams, whoever ends up coming out on top uh, out of the AOS. But yeah, I, I just don't see a world where the Braves aren't, uh, aren't hosting the trophy uh, come that first week in November. Uh, text coming in to uh, 1-833-401-1440. Jordo says, uh, Dela Cruz is the most exciting player in my opinion. Young, he's young yet, and he can. He's got a gun, and it, he can fire it, and he can run. But maybe one day he will be in the Acuna conversation. Uh, this comes in from uh, UL Dave. Uh, can you guys elaborate on what exactly that test is? So that's the VO two um, max test. So basically, um, what they do is so you get on a on a stationary bike. They would hook up. Um, oxygen to your like an oxygen mask to your uh, face and then 
make you cycle as fast as you can go with a certain amount of time, but then they also um, close off the friction on the bike to where it's damn near impossible to even push the wheel anymore. But the other thing too is they have, well, there's probably two, three staff or whatever there that are just saying, go, 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 go. And you're trying your hardest and you're, you're pumping as hard as you can. And um, for a while, years and years ago, they used to let the cameras in for that. Uh, they've gotten away from that because it's, it's such a grueling um, physical test. The, the thing that I remember when we would uh, have cameras in there working at ITV and Global, um, they're on that mask, so it's 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 coming into your face quite snugly. But there would be, oh man, spit, saliva, uh, everything just dripping, dripping out of uh, uh, you know out of this mask thing. So it's a, it's a tough thing. And then you know the poking, the prodding, you you know you're doing the jumping. These guys, they you know they get out of here. They just want to get on the ice already. Um. um Texter says 67 bags, rules that outlaw the ability to defend against stolen bases will do that. Well, yes, they made the bases bigger. Yes, the pitch clock. Yes, the amount of times you can throw over to first base. You wanted more excitement. What do you want? You want to have guys throwing over to first base 30 times? Like, come on, man. I, I have no time for people <laughs> yeah. that are complaining about the new rules in baseball because – it has made the game so much better to watch. Yes. Whether it be on TV, I, I haven't been to a game in person this season, but I can only imagine it's also improved that because you're not at the ballpark for four hours. Mm-hmm. The the traditionalists of the game, if you have a problem with like it's the pitch clock, the uh, limiting the throwovers, I don't have time for no. that. The, the game is better. And, and I say it, I don't mean I don't have time for the game yeah. of baseball. I don't have time for your argument. Yeah. The game is better because of these rule changes. Way it's better. getting more viewers. It makes the game more exciting, more stolen bases. Like st- having a guy run down to second base, getting a throw, that's yeah. exciting. For sure it is. Even if he's safe more times than he's called out now, who cares? More runs, more offense. That is what baseball needs. The best time of baseball was the... Uh, the, the peak of the home run derbies um, and, and the juice race yeah. in the late 90s there. Like, people love watching offense in baseball. Great defensive plays are fun, but that can get dry over the course of uh, 162 games. You need offense, and these new rules are, are completely inducive towards that. So anybody that says that the new rules stink, yeah, get, out, get out of here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pillman says baseball is almost watchable now. Um, uh, everything is different now. They took away the beside the 60 home run, and that's how it should be. Oh, the asterisk. I get it. Uh, beside the 60 home run. Um, the game's better. I mean, the athletes are better. Let them play. Let them showcase what they can do. I mean, we've seen that with Acuna Jr. We see, <laughs> we've seen it in the American League. There's so many young players that are coming on that have the ability to change the game with speed, with power. Defense. I mean, has the defense missed a beat with without the shift? I don't know. What do you think about the shift, Duke? The shift made once it's another thing that made watching baseball frustrating because and I mean, yeah, you can put it on the hitter like learn to hit off field. I, I, I agree with that as somebody even just playing slow pitch, I'm uh, incredibly um 
privy to just yanking the ball what's down your, the right what's field What's your position line. In, sh- in slow pitch? In slow pitch, I play center field most Ooh. of the time. Um, but we, we usually rotate everybody around. You know, there's lots of good athletes yeah. out there. I actually don't even like batting when I play slow pitch. Uh, in the most recent tournament I played in this summer, I, I had a DH for me mm-hmm. the whole weekend. I played the field and he batted and that we were perfectly happy with that yeah. uh, arrangement. I love being out in the field making making catches and throwing guys out. Yeah. Texter coming back saying, Duke, no, that wasn't a complaint or an argument. It was a point in fact. Um, baseball's better. There's no question about it. Um, a great thanks uh, to our guest today, uh, AJ Jakubic, TSN 1200 Ottawa. Talked about his, uh, his journey back to health, and we're all glad that AJ is feeling uh, 100% and uh, contributing to the broadcasting scene out in Ottawa. Uh, for Booster Juice at 8 o'clock, Mark Spector joins us every day at 8 o'clock. Kevin Radomski, Edmonton Oil Kings Director of Business Ops. Bought the T-shirt in the mall. Got lost in the West Edmonton Mall. Went to the Seals. Went to Mini Putt. It was fun. Thanks for coming in, Kevin. Um, Chris Morris, Alberta Golden Bears head coach. The uh, Bears take on UBC on Friday night. Two three and O teams. Our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Jeff Merrick. Some great conversation. Jeff's, I mean, very well versed and a real pleasure to talk to Jeff. For we had him on for almost double the time, I think, too, than he was expecting. I do. He was on there for a while. Uh, Matt Tassoni from uh, NAX, uh, Derek Martin, uh, head coach, GM of the Camrose Kodiaks, and then Jason Greger checked in from uh, training camp. Uh, as the Oilers get things underway, uh, coming up at the top of the hour, it'll be fantasy frenzy with. Former Ross Shep T-Bird, Connor Alley. <laughs> Connor Alley, yes, and the Duke of Delburn, uh, Brandon Douglas. That's at 11 o'clock at 12. Uh, it'll be the lowdown with low tide at 12 to 2 with uh, Declan. And then at uh, 2 to 6, uh, Jason Greger will uh, check in with his show and talk uh, a little bit of Oilers as he was down there and have a whole bunch of interviews uh, from Oilers training camp. Uh, Thanks, uh, everyone. Uh, David Schlemko, hope you're feeling better. Get back. We need you in the back next Wednesday. Uh Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you back here tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Ladislav Schmid will be our co-host. It's going to be another exciting show. Before we uh, bump the brakes, though, time now for a little sports update with the Duke. The next public-timed automotive RV auction is now on. View on site, then bid online at info at maauctions.com. Have a great day, everyone.